This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello and welcome to the podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we're discussing modernizing IT infrastructure for application performance with Spark. And our two subject matter experts for this episode are Ray McKay, Vice President of Solutions, HPC, and Cloud Strategy at Vion. He wears a lot of hats, and uh, he's going to be uh, our, one of our experts today. Ray, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. I am as well. I am as well. So thank you, Ray. And we also have Bob Netherton. He's the Master Principal Sales Consultant at Oracle. Bob, thank you so much for joining us as well. Thank you. Look forward to it. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you guys today. And so uh, let's start off here, guys. What factors are driving IT leaders to modernize infrastructure these days? Well, I guess I'll take the first shot at it. Well, you know, actually some of the things that we did see coming, right? COVID, of course, has changed 2020. As everyone says, the year that we wish we could all forget. But I think changing the changing faces of organizations uh, this year and how it, how the organizations operate have brought a lot of focus on uh, how, how the organization can change, can modernize, to flex, to be flexible, to deliver what today's company needs, organization needs. Uh, these unanticipated demands, uh, the uncertainty that's come along. We've seen a number of customers that have come to us in a rather emergency fashion saying, you know, we have, you know, 10 times, 100 times the demand for our, for our Spark-based uh, enterprise app that we just, we didn't see it coming, of course, with, with these changes. Uh, that's one thing. Obviously, being responsive, uh, being reactive to what has changed in the market this year, the world this year, that's been one thing. But then that kind of brought on another thought, but how do I get in place uh, to be successful? Maybe I haven't been crushed by unexpected change. But on the other hand, I can see this could happen to me. So now I want to look at my infrastructure and decide what is the, what, what can I do to get myself best positioned to, to be able to, to, to meet an anticipated demand or help my organization be, be effective. So, you know, we have the traditional drivers, which are always there, but how do I, how do I, you know, get my cost, my, my cost down, my performance up, my availability up. So we have that as a normal driver. But I think you see other two, you know, how, Wow, I have to do something now because something unanticipated happened to me. Or two, I don't want to be that guy or that gal who got caught in a trap that wasn't ready. So what can I do now to get myself the best position if something does happen? I think those are the main factors we see at Bion. Yeah, and I agree, Ray. We we see that as well. I mean, who would have predicted a year ago that just simple things like access to a data center would be a significant challenge? Yet here here we are today, right? The one thing I would add to your list as well is the increasing um, attention towards security. I mean, we all know that that all systems that are internet connected are facing increased attack from external threats. I mean, all you have to do is look at the firewall logs on your home router and see all the different places that are trying to get inside your home. And, you know, companies are no different. And no organization wants to be the source of the next big news story about the next data breach. So... Layers of defense, firewalls, smart auditing, encryption. Um, they can tax legacy systems. Some of the hardware is just not capable of being able to perform at the levels 
when you begin to add those layers of protection on. And when you have legacy software that begins to get behind in maintenance, um, you have vulnerabilities that can be exploited. And so being able to close those are also, I think, a, uh, an area that customers are beginning to worry much more about today than before. I certainly agree with you, Bob. That's something we have seen in Vion with all of our customers. And we even have created in conjunction with Oracle a, a scanning utility that we use with Spark platforms to look at the vulnerability of those platforms uh, as they're deployed. So it's like every customer engagement includes security in this space. You know, Ray, you, you took me exactly where I wanted to go, which was, you know, just have you seen interest in modernization accelerate during these recent months due to current events like coronavirus and other things that we've seen? So you, you took me right there. So do you want to speak at all uh, to that uh, that increased interest that you've seen um, based around uh, what we've seen just with, with with modern events over the last six, seven months? Well, sure. We um, one very notable uh, government agency, and I guess we'll just leave them anonymous for the purpose of this conversation. But they have their, their number one most important uh, application environment running on Spark systems. And you know they process, let's say, 20, 30 events a, a week before. Now they're processing 300, 400 to 1,000 you know, events a week and or even 10,000 events when it first started. So incredible unanticipated demand, uh, something that organization really couldn't plan for. And that absolutely has occurred as this COVID thing has, has unwound in front of us. Uh, the demand to, to build systems of a scale that had not been built, a particular agency we think that has deployed the largest single image Spark platform in the world. And uh, that's all occurred surely because of what happened this year. I'm just going to kind of give a little color to that, that yeah. you know, dense consolidation you know, is, is a common use case, uh, particularly right now, where uh, customers are dealing with that increased demand that, that Ray was talking about. I mean, we're seeing 20, 30 to one system consolidation, some some with care into the hundreds of systems to one. And one of the challenges that we have in our legacy environments, and I think this one applies to the one in particular that, that Ray was talking about, is those legacy environments that have I.O. throughput requirements that are that are just, you know, are heavy workloads when you start applying things like dense consolidation, you have to be able to deliver that same kind of performance, even though you're stacking lots and lots and lots of applications on top of that. And that's an area where Spark and Solaris seem to do incredibly well, uh, being able to deliver that that no compromise type of performance for one tenant, while next door you're offering a deep oversubscription for a different tenant on the same platform that may not have those same requirements. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, what benefits are organizations recognizing from modernizing IT and specifically Spark technology? What are you seeing in that area? Well, I think we'll talk about the migration, too, coming up. But when you look at Spark, just kind of try to hit the pause button at the moment and really decide what's your best path forward. So you can modernize where you're at or you can migrate off to a different platform, you know, to Excavator, for example. What we see available to customers now is sort of a choice. What's the best path forward? So we can modernize the Spark that they have on the floor, create a very a simpler path forward for conducting today's business and prepare for tomorrow's business, provide then an opportunity to time migration, uh, an application rewrite, a lift up and push over an x86, push over the x data. Uh, what, what I think what Spark Modernization gives our customers the opportunity to do is to determine their best path forward, their best business path forward. 
Spark is, is NERS is supported in 2034. We have modern Spark systems available. Uh, we, as just mentioned by Bob, Spark is incredible in its ability to perform uh, and to you know, isolate workloads from one another. See, at some point, the customers want to want to move that to Exadata, which has incredible throughput capabilities as well. So I, what we see is the ability to find works with Oracle to do either. Uh, we see the ability to give customers uh, the best path forward, the best path to making sure they can take care of today's requirements, prepare for tomorrow's requirements, be in place for unanticipated events, and also migrate and change and continue to move their application requirements forward over time. So I think that's that's the play we see that, that we can bring to customers. I, I agree. I agree with that. And and the, the big word here is time, because when we run into a big migration project on a compressed timeline, we're forced to make decisions and compromises that if we had time to plan them out, uh, we don't have to put, you know, the you know business lines or the mission at risk. And so this just gives us an opportunity to deploy a very low risk approach and move the technology forward as need be. And you know, our, our experiences show that when we take time and do that, we make more right decisions uh, more often. And, and the other piece is that I would throw in to our earlier conversation is it also gives customers an opportunity to begin to deploy security in layers so that we can do things like turn on security at every single layer. Now, whether you like the, you know, the braces and belt or the castle uh, fortress, you know, analogy, but you'd be able to have encryption everywhere, data in rest, data, you know, at in motion, to be able to have firewalls, to be able to have things like active scanning software and log auditing features, being able to take advantage of the neat slurs feature where you can go in and actually measure the security drift of a system over time. And being able to do those things in an environment and tighten up what you have right now, I think it's a, it's a great benefit that we can offer customers and throw that in with some time. And then you can figure out do you move the database first? Like Ray said, there are options for that. Um, the application tier tends to be a lot more complicated because you have all these technology dependencies that you have to go figure it out. Well, you have an opportunity to do that and figure out whether you want to do it as a rehosting, as a replatforming, as a complete rewrite or a complete replacement. Make that decision when it's convenient for the business rather than being forced in on it on a compressed timeline. Absolutely, I think that's uh, I think that's a really wise approach and uh, and and good word there, Bob. So, uh, guys, how do uh, how does uh, Fujitsu, Oracle, and Vion really collaborate to deliver the benefits of a modern Spark environment to legacy Spark environments? So, uh, when we talk about that, uh, Ray, how how does that collaboration work, and what are the benefits of it? Well, it's it's uh, three organizations coming together as one in complete synergy. Uh, Vion has been working with Fujitsu for decades, with bringing their technology to the government. Vion has been working with Oracle for decades, uh, bringing technology to government. Oracle and Fujitsu are working together in the Spark platform for decades. So we all have experience with the, the technology. We deliver technology to government is Vion's specialty. And Fujitsu has trusted Vion now for quite a while to, to be that technology partner. Oracle and Vion have been, again, partnered for a decade. and so with it, when this comes together, it's, it's all three teams uh, behaving as one team with the customer's interest in mind. Uh, so there's, there's no uh, different direction or different course of action or different strategy between us. We, we're looking at how to take the latest technology designed by Oracle, 
Bill Buff Jitsu, delivered to the customer by Vion. The other thing that Vion does, which I think we'll probably touch on in a little more detail later, is we offer the technology to customers in either a private cloud model or in a traditional, more traditional CapEx model. So we can also provide that value. So I think Oracle has named Vion one of its uh, top strategic partners in the federal space because of the work we've been doing together. And we're also the just top partner in North America for bringing their technology to the market. So uh, this three-way partnership is uh, is very seamless. The Oracle teams, the Vion teams work together on customer challenges. And Fujitsu is a, an engine bringing us a technology play to make sure we can solve the customer's business problem the most effectively. And, and to Oracle's part in that, we have, we're committing to keep Solaris at you know, a very modern, viable operating system for the next decade and a half. And uh, our partner, Fujitsu, will continue to build product and they build world-class product. So yeah, it's a tremendous partnership that the three of us have been working together a very long time and, and we deliver some very, very good value to our customers. Certainly, certainly. And I think anytime you're able to see collaboration across three companies, uh, Ray, like you were mentioning, three companies all operating as one with one goal, with one mission in mind. Um, So one thing that that people might have questions about are the challenges of replacing existing infrastructure, specifically in mission-critical applications. So how can Vion and Oracle really speak to those concerns that people might have in, in those particular cases? I guess probably the, the speaking to it best is the experience of having done it. You know, we're operating the largest Spark uh, private cloud environment in, in the government today. We've been doing that now for a year and a half. We've taken on the challenge of moving uh, all of those systems into modern systems, uh, leveraging a building block approach. And that's what we're doing with the Fujitsu M12S series. It's a building block approach so we can... We can take machines, we can scale them up and down according to the workload requirement. Uh, we can match workloads or against single images. We can build the largest single image available in the world, uh, all of which we have done, and uh, migrate customers to it quite seamlessly. Spark Solaris actually is a very, uh, has a lot of capability for migration at that mission level, thanks to our friends at Oracle uh, with, with Solaris. It's a, it's a very simple migration path and with the building block approach of the technology uh, we can really get uh, very high high performance high availability and very high utilization uh, which of course when if you can get high utilization you can also drive down your costs so that's enabled by the platform the hardware and it's enabled by the software and in Vion's case we have the experience to prove it having done that at the largest single deployment uh, in north america and also the largest single image deployment in, uh, in North America. So we've been able to demonstrate that, you know, that benefit to our customers by making it happen in the real world. I guess that's where it really matters. Uh, agreed, agreed, Ray. I, I, there is no substitute for experience in doing this. I mean, we can talk about things like binary compatibility of Spark, binary compatibility of Solaris, and you can lay out a nice little, you know, roadmap and show how those migrations happen, but to get it done on time, on budget, at low risk of the customer, the experience is is the most important thing in, in that part of the conversation. Now, let me add one more thing that's called speed. In one case, when our customer was under the gun because of COVID, we needed to order equipment that simply wasn't in North America at the time. So, But we have inventory of, of Spark Systems, and we were able to bring in, bring in technology and provide an immediate, like day one, 
performance impact on their environment, what they, what they desperately needed. And then we were able to bring in much more modern, larger image system solutions um, and also migrate that way to that, that, uh, that deployment model. Meaning that for this one customer, we migrated twice. We did it seamlessly without any impact to their environment. We did it twice in 60 days. So, um, you know, it's all about staying focused on the mission and making sure that the customer achieves their goal. Not just, no one's goal is to migrate. No one's goal is to, I want to have a, a prettier smart machine. The goal is to keep our applications running, and that's where we keep our focus. The applications need to run, the organization needs to be able to meet its objectives. And again, that experience in doing so is, I think, the proof. Exactly, and a quiet go live is, is the key. Exactly. Absolutely, and that that experience uh, certainly plays a role in uh, in in um, your ability to 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 accomplish these goals and and to do these things that we're discussing. Uh, so, Ray, can you speak to the uh, the benefits of the as a service model and how that benefits the end user? Sure. Well, people talk about cloud and they talk about going to the cloud, and really you have to step back and say, okay, what are you trying to accomplish? It's not about cloud. It's not about non-cloud. It's about what is my business requirement and do. Do I know what my, what I need? Do I have some uncertainty in my demand? Do I have the capex budget I need to do to accomplish my mission? Do I not? You know, it's really starting with the, with the first step, which is why. Why? What kind of business problem am I solving? So with Vion, what we've done is we've designed a, as a service or a private cloud model, starting back in two thousand and three, uh, before people called it cloud, and so we simply referred to it as as a service at the time. Now we call it private cloud. Uh, but we give customers the option. So if you have the CapEx budget you need and you want to deploy technology that way, we'll bring you the technology that way. If on the other hand, you want to pay on the usage basis by your consumption, which may flex up or down, then Vinyl will bring you that option. So now you have the choice. Which way do you want to acquire and deploy technology? Do you want to deploy it through a CapEx model? Do you want to deploy it through an OpEx model? Do you have unused funds or unused budget, or is it simple for you to actually get the product deployed if you use, if you use an OpEx budget? So sometimes it's about the speed of deployment, the ease of deployment, the ease of access. What we try to do at Vine is give you whichever one is works best for you. So we can give you a rapid deployment model using an as-a-service play. We can give you the same thing using CapEx play. We leverage, what, now 17 years? worth of experience doing uh, as-a-service uh, solutions with the government. And then these days, you know, we wrap it all in a multi-cloud play because uh, anymore, uh, customers, agencies are not even thinking they're going to use one cloud deployment model. They understand that they're going to end up with maybe several public cloud providers, maybe several on-prem solutions that they have in a traditional way, or maybe they, they can go to a private cloud consumption-based model in a cola facility or on-prem. Uh, it's really about giving customers flexibility, giving them choice, making sure you can tailor the way they deploy and acquire the technology in the most optimum fashion for their agency's requirements. And that's what we do with our as-a-service product. We have 25 or so federal contracts in place in this manner. We're managing $1.1 billion in uh, contract ceiling value. Uh, so we've got extensive experience delivering the solution as-a-service. And looking out, I think the the other play on that, when you begin to look at things like system design and architecture, the as-a-service model begins to decouple some of the decisions that customers used to get 
caught up in on what technology is delivering what capability. And the as a service model the cloud providers are delivering today begin to allow customers to worry more about the service delivery itself than the platform it runs on. And so I can deliver database services, for example, on a number of different platforms. It really doesn't matter or it is, is less important to know how that is being delivered as long as you're meeting the kinds of service. So I think being able to decouple some of the technology decisions makes it easier for customers to deploy technology looking forward. So gentlemen, as we begin to wrap up this podcast today, I want to give you the opportunity to provide you know, either a summary statement or touch on anything that we've missed up to this point, just talking about modernizing IT infrastructure. And so uh, Ray, let's start off with you. Uh, if you want to summarize some of the benefits or touch on anything that we haven't touched on so far here during this conversation, feel free to take it away with, uh, with your final thoughts. Sure. Well, I think the events of 2020 have made it obvious to agencies that you should not delay looking at IT modernization. You, you may have come into the year thinking, well, things are in pretty good shape. You know, I've got some time to work on what my plans are. And then suddenly the world turns on its ear. So really it's a wake-up call to, for folks just to realize, I just need to put my agency in the best position possible to be flexible, to be able to respond to unanticipated circumstances. That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, if, if you're in an IT modernization program, you are achieving better performance, better availability, a better service, lower cost. So you're optimizing the experience of your agency as, as it leverages IT. That's always a good thing. And, and then the uh, takeaway around Spark specifically is it's, it's a technology that is very robust in its capabilities. It's, it's a technology that uh, is robust and has a has a has a roadmap for both hardware and software support into 2030. Um, and so, when you, when you look at Spark and Spark modernization, you know we can really we can really take the time to plan the best deployment model and the best migration or replatforming model. We can upgrade Spark tremendously where it sits. We can run it for another you know 15 years, or we can we can move off of it. So what we can do now is say, what is, with the end in mind, what is the best play for a customer? And then, and then you have the, the final option. I, don't, I can use CapEx, I can use OpEx, I can pay for it, I can use a cloud model. You know, so now I have full flexibility in my IT modernization on the financial side as well. So I think what this year has taught us is don't wait. You know, go ahead and get your organization in place for have the best ability to respond to the unanticipated. Uh, don't wait. Go ahead and, and realize the benefits of modernization because uh, the, the migration is very easy to do as compared to others. And, and you can re represent, you can recognize the cost benefits first when it comes now. So I think that's, that's what I would say is to take away. Very good. And, and mine is going to be very similar to, to Ray's comment that, you know, Spark is a viable platform. Um, you know, when we look at the cloud offerings today, you know, the, the future does kind of look like an x86 Linux world. And uh, we certainly have, you know, some, some strong opinions in that area. Uh, but for our legacy Spark and Solaris customers, if the workloads were easy to migrate off of Spark and Solaris, or if they weren't delivering the things that our customers were expecting, workloads would have already migrated. So for the customers who are currently on Spark and Solaris, we have a roadmap for technology that we'll give you, uh, like race, you know, a decade to, to plan what that next architecture looks like. 
But I would also throw in for those customers who are running those legacy environments, you know, look at the software that is out of date. Make sure that you're on patching cadences so that you can deploy the latest security fixes, turn on security up and down um, the infrastructure, take advantage of the automation tools that are in that can help you provision, secure, and audit your environments. And uh, I think you'll find a, a very you know compelling solution for those legacy databases and applications that are out there. Good platform to run on until you figure out what that next step needs to be. Yeah, and I'm going to add one more comment to what Bob said. Absolutely, since I didn't say that about specifically about security, your modernization is also all about securing. As Bob just said, when we modernize our customers in Spark environments, it comes with hardening of the environment and making it a robust, highly secure environment, uh, which these days is, is one, of the, one of the most critical missions that every agency is going to face. Well, guys, thank you so much for your insight on this topic today, for sharing your expertise and uh, and helping to educate the audience. So Ray McKay, Vice President of Solutions, HPC and Cloud Strategy at Vion, and Bob Netherton, Master Principal Sales Consultant for Oracle. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast and, and sharing that expertise. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bob. Been a pleasure. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Ray. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. Make sure you visit Vion.com for more information on these topics, for more information about who Vion is and what they do as it relates to, uh, to modernizing your IT infrastructure. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening.